Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in. It's a Wednesday morning. Utah Jazz restart the season tomorrow against the Pelicans. Zion Williamson expected to play. He got cleared, so he's ready to go. Uh, I guess the big news out of... Out of uh, all, out of everything came out of Orlando is that Eric Gordon hurt his ankle, and of course, obviously, the Houston Rockets are counting on him, but he is expected to be out two weeks, which is basically what the restart is. So basically, you know, he's out the restart and back for the playoffs. I think is what we assume now. Obviously, there'll be the reevaluation in a week and a half to two weeks, and we'll see if that holds. But I think that's the thing to assume right now is that I can see Eric Gordon in any of these uh, regular season games, and then they'll see if they can get him ready for the playoffs. But that'll be. Difficult because, uh, you know, he won't have played. Everyone else is scraping the rust off, and he'll have to jump right back in. And wherever the Rockets land, whatever the matchup is, uh, you know, they should have a difficult first-round matchup, that's for sure. Really, the only team that could have a breeze is the one seed that figures to be the Lakers. Everybody else will be playing a quality opponent right now. The Clippers are two, Dallas is seven, and the Clippers have been missing like five guys. And they'll probably get some of them back. But, you know, how many games will they get together? When will they get them back? You know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered there. Speaking of questions, Mike Conley met with the media and answered some questions. We'll let you listen to them right now. Here's Mike Conley with the media on Tuesday. Hey, Mike, um, just curious, does this kind of feel like a season opener? I mean, you've had three weeks to get ready for this. You had such a long layoff, or does it just feel like the continuation of last season? Or is that still that that, that opening night jitters maybe now that we're 48 hours away? Uh, yeah, this it, it really feels like a whole new thing, man. It feels like a whole new season. Um, you know, kind of having those scrimmage games, you know, kind of felt like a preseason atmosphere where – you're kind of getting your minutes together, getting your routine together, uh, trying to get ready for the real thing. So uh, I think all of us are really excited about finally getting out there and um, and, and those games uh, really mean something. Next is Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Mike, you said uh, coming back kind of felt like you knew what to expect now. It wasn't learning a bunch of new stuff under Quinn Snyder. You've played well since you've come back. Does that feel like it's come to fruition? Is this the role you expected? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of things have um, obviously taken a little bit of time, but uh, everything is really comfortable right now. Everything seems uh, easier, uh, understanding the offense, understanding defense, understanding the players, uh, understanding my role. So uh, I think the first three games, the scrimmage games were a good indicator of, of my comfort level um, uh, as I've grown with the team and uh, excited to you know just continue to grow with it. Next is from uh, Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, who's there with you. Like the, um, have you so much leisure time or downtime here? Have you settled in any kind of routine, whether, it, you know, whether it's watching the show or doing some activity in your room or something? Have you settled in anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've, had, uh, I've gotten to a little bit of a routine after, well, with practices being so different from time to time and, and games being different from time to time. Uh, on my off time, I normally you know, get a shower. I go walk to you know, walk around to the uh, little restaurant, the, the outdoor spot they have here um, over the water. And, and I'll sit there, talk to Ed, talk to, you know, Don, some of the guys, some of the, uh, my teammates. And after that, I call my wife and kids, talk to them for a little bit and go upstairs, watch TV, uh, play video games, just try to, you know, keep my mind busy. 
um, outside of you know the bubble and uh, the basketball that we're here for. Do you have a preferred show or video game that you kind of Yeah, uh, right now I'm watching Ozark uh, on Netflix. I had kind of came late to the party on that, so uh, I've been watching that, and I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Next up is Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Mike, since um, home court advantage doesn't matter as much uh, or at all uh, once the playoffs get here, how much are you concerned with playoff positioning and what the matchup is going to be as you're going through these seeding games? Uh, I don't think we're, you know, too concerned about um, the seeding and, you know, who you're playing. Whoever you play in the West is going to be a tough, a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough, uh, a tough out either way. Um, with no home court advantage, with no crowd, with no altitude, with none of that stuff at, at our advantage, it's, it's just more important that we take, you know, each opponent, no matter who it is, and, and, and try to put the best brand of basketball on the floor um, to make us successful because it's, it's not going to matter. You won't have anybody to get you out of your slumps. You won't have anybody to root you on other than your teammates. So um, right now it's more about internally just trying to keep our guys together, keep supporting each other, and be ready for whatever challenges may face us and whoever we face. Mike, we have a question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. Uh, Donovan especially has spoken kind of in recent days about the importance of making sure that, um, you know, the social and racial justice uh, issues don't wind up taking a back seat to basketball once you guys come back. I was just wondering what kind of conversations you guys have had in recent days about how you can keep that, uh, keep that stuff going forward, keep it on people's minds. Well, you know, right now, I think uh, obviously Donovan is, is kind of spearheading a lot of it. But um, as a team, we've, you know, we've vowed to continue to, to be outspoken about it, continue to, to voice our opinions. And um, whether that's through, you know, social media or wearing it on a T-shirt or um, some, some kind of symbolism um, or actions that we may be doing. And I think each guy has their own niche and what they want to do and uh, how they want to approach things and, and what they want to give money to or whatever they want to fight for. So um, we're just continuing to encourage each other to, to, you know, continue to be loud and continue to, to, to proudly um, um, show, you know, how much we're behind uh, uh, this cause and, and all those people who are affected. We have a question from Tony Jones, the athletic. Hey, Mike, uh, in terms of um, just, you know, in terms of just fostering gravity and open up driving lanes, how important is it uh, for for Joe to to be uh, aggressive and looking for a shot and and you know taking the open looks when he's come? You know, just just in terms of just making uh, gravity and. and well, I think Joe knows he's very important to what we want to try to accomplish uh, on both ends of the floor. He's, he's irreplaceable defensively, offensively. He's our playmaker and does so much for us. So um, with that being said, he, we need him to shoot. We need him to be aggressive uh, when he has shots. We tell him all the time, you know, don't pass him up. Continue to try to keep himself in a rhythm because he's the kind of guy that's so unselfish that, you know, he'll go a whole two or three quarters without taking, you know, one or two shots. So. Um, with a guy like that, being able to be aggressive and, and look for his opportunities allows the, the space to stay the same, um, allows, you know, driving lanes for Don, myself, Rudy to roll, uh, and for him as well to be able to get into the paint and make plays. 
Next up is Craig Bowler, Jack Jazz TV. Thanks, Danny. Hey, Mike, good to see you. Hey, uh, I was curious, um, can you talk about the four-guard lineup and what do you think, will, how that will impact the eight seeding games into the playoffs? Well, I think the, the four-guard lineup um, will definitely, we need it. I mean, it's, it's the day's game is what, you know, who we got to be. Um, coach has been, you know, really harping on us, you know, pushing the ball, looking for, you know, hunting threes and, um, trying to get early in transition opportunities. And, and, and we've kind of had to adjust and, and turn into that as the season's gone on, especially now with Boyan out. So, um, you know, we, we're going to have to, we're going to have to definitely, um, you know, continue to, to be comfortable with it because other teams are going to have to play small um, to try to combat Rudy and different, and different lineups we might throw out there. So um, I think we've, we've got a couple, couple games on our belt and uh, hopefully, you know, we've learned a lot from it and watching film and continue to, to grow in our roles as, as we get to go further in this uh, season. Mike, our last question is from Eric Woodyard, ESPN. Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing? Oh, thank you. Mike. And that in that transition, you know, initially from, from from Memphis to Utah, you know, I know you it was a little tough for you, but as you got time to sit down and reflect throughout the you know quarantine and COVID time, you know, did, did you get a chance to really mentally break that down and, and process and then come back as a stronger being and for you, I know faith and, you know, belief in a higher spirit is big for you and your family. Was that a part of you as well, getting to this point you're at right now? Oh, yeah, of course, man. Um, I think the quarantine in itself uh, was a blessing for me in a different way. Uh, for me to be able to take a, a seat back and, and kind of evaluate the season, evaluate myself. Because uh, As you know, I got put everything on me you know i don't you know blame the situation or the move or uh you know just new opportunity whatever it's you know i gotta be better and um, being able to look back at that and 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 pinpoint where i can be where i can be effective where i can change my game to to fit the offense to fit don to fit joe to fit rudy um and have a clear picture you know right now i'm just just super clear uh on what i need to do and who i need to be for this team so uh obviously having faith and in, in, i've been in the whole process and faith that, that this time would come and that you know i'd, I'd come around with was always there there's mike conley with the media more in a moment dj and pk stay with Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. All right, time to talk a little college football. Yogi Roth joining us right now, Pac-12 analyst, works for the Pac-12 Network. Yogi, good morning. Good morning, fellas. I got questions for you guys. I can't wait to have this conversation. First one I've had in a while, so I'm kind of chopping at the bit here. <laughs> okay. I've got, I've got three questions for you, and that was before I knew that you had a newborn son. Yeah. Let's I go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's let's start with 
since Utah's, you know, if they want to get back, to, if they want to win the Pac-12 championship, which all Ute fans do, they got to get to the Pac-12 title game, which means they have to get past USC. Which the last couple of years, uh, they've won one, they've lost one, but both times, regardless of the outcome of the SC game, they've gotten to the Pac-12 title game, where obviously they've been beaten both times. So SC's recruiting. Has Clay Helton flipped the switch? Has Cheney and the assistants done it? Has something else done it? Or is the recruiting overhyped? No, the recruiting's real. You know, I, I was talking to someone the other day about this, that, uh, and, and this is meant in the most positive ways, but like the longer it goes where SC doesn't lose, the better it is for their program. Because it's so rich historically. I believe that in my history of being this game, 20 years this year, which is mind-blowing to me. But around recruiting, specifically the last few years, with elite athletes, social media, and the college ball playoffs, is that all recruits are, they, they couldn't even tell you the four teams that were in the playoff last year. You know, like, it's so much about what is going on right now. And SC is the sexiest thing in college football right now. Like, that's just the truth. You know, when you think about the, the brand, uh, the history of it, that's speaks for itself, so it's already going to be in the conversation. And then the narrative is take back the West, right? Own L.A., because the truth is that they have it, right? Oregon has done incredible. UW has been incredible, right? Everybody's kind of taken somebody from the West Coast and Southern California specifically. They call it the Bakersfield Beltway from Bakersfield to San Diego that SC usually dominates, and they haven't. So now the narrative is, hey, let's go. Who wants to ride with us? And when you get the brand and the horsepower behind that marketing narrative, you add in the recent personnel additions they had, which I think they hired five people uh, since the end of last season, and none of them are coaches. I'm talking about social media, video department, graphic design. You just feel their presence more online, and that's what the world is right now with Corona, right? Like, literally, your visits are that way. So it's worthy, man. Um, it, is, it is big time, and until they lose, that brand is not going to skip a beat, in my opinion, based on everything that was just discussed. I know Yogi with the Sun Devils because I graduated there. I followed the recruiting a little bit. They've been recruiting a lot more nationally. Have you find in general that the conference is able to recruit individual schools beyond their local area more? Yeah. You know, back in the day, the, the rule was, this is generally, this is definitely ours at SC and Coach Carroll was, own Southern California or own your footprint, right? And then only leave it to go get a first round draft pick. Only leave the state to go get a first round draft pick. So we would go get Dwayne Jarrett, Mike Williams, Patrick Turner. Um, you just kind of thinking of a couple guys, right? Brian Cushing, uh, names that people would recall, you know, in, in years past. And now that's not the case. And, you know, and I'm glad you asked that question because the West Coast gets, gets lit up signing day, the last few signing days, because of the players leaving the footprint, going to Alabama, going to Clemson, going to Oklahoma, all going to Texas, right? All fair points. Uh, but because of the internet, because how unique it is, and because of social media, uh, you can just look at college football and you can compare it to traveling. Right? More people are traveling pre-pandemic than ever in the history of this world because you can look and see what is... Sebastian Spain look like on Instagram and become obsessed with it. You can look what Bali Indonesia is like and become obsessed with it. You do the same thing with Clemson football and see the slide and dabble swing. You didn't know about that other than what they told you on a, on a conference call 10 years ago. Now you're seeing it play out on Instagram and Snapchat in real time. 
So that to me has been a big part of it. And now West Coast teams are doing it too. And Arizona State, uh, man, you look at what they did last year. Going, they went to Ohio, got one of the best running backs I think in the country. I think a guy who will play this season if we haven't, an absolute stud. And they're doing it again. So uh, not surprised. And then you look at Herm, and I asked him this last year at Sign Day around so many of your former players that he coached in the league are now coaching high school football or their kids are playing. So he's got ties everywhere. That's why they go to Florida. They go to Ohio. They can go anywhere to get guys and, and not surprised that they're doing that because recruiting about relationships. You lean into them just like Utah did with Dennis Erickson. Do the same thing if you're Herm Edwards. So I've read uh, multiple takes on how well Herm is recruiting, but I've also read multiple takes on people who can't believe the Sun Devils still aren't recruiting their own backyard, which is really probably at least a 20-year-old story. So that means that multiple coaches have failed to recruit their own backyard right there in the state of Arizona. And we see Arizona kids going to Texas and California and well, I guess actually off to Ohio State and occasionally Alabama to play football. So they, they go all over the country is the point. PK's theory is that kids who grow up in 115-degree weather have had enough by the time they're 18 and they are ready to do anything else. And although they won't say it out loud, the ASU coaches largely realize that and don't spend a lot of time trying to convince kids. If they pick off the occasional kid who's willing to stay home, great. And I'm looking at the weather forecast for this week, and it's seven straight days over 112 a couple of them at 116. Are you buying that analysis of why ASU doesn't recruit their own backyard and with him recruiting nationally that it maybe isn't even necessary? No, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the weather thing. Um, I, I think there's way more things that players think about when they're leaving. And I think a lot of guys that have left in the past, and I had to look at all the names, and some of the big ones come to mind, like Kyle Allen. Right? He left the footprint. Kind of Brewer. I'm talking about quarterbacks, right? Those are the ones that are top of mind. Well, Spencer Rather at Oklahoma. Yeah, shouldn't have. Spencer, I get it. You know, Jane Daniels is there. I'd go. You know, especially you look at that offense. And Spencer reminds me, I always comped him to um, Steph Curry for playing football. Right? He can just deal. He's going to crush it for them this year. You know, if he stays on the right path, you know, off the field, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, but you look at the young man who went to Ohio State last year, um, blank on his name, it's going to be interesting just because they got C.J. Stroud, who I think is an absolute star um, and will play as early as, you know, when that position is available based on just Fields and his departure. So I, I think some of it is uh, guys saying, hey, I want to leave, and maybe, you know, they shouldn't. Uh, I think some of it is, and I don't think it's a bad thing, is that people, and, and again, I go back to what I referenced earlier, you're exposed to more because of your mobile device. Like, I don't want to leave home. Right? The days that uh, that existed when I played or when you guys were younger were, hey, let's stay close to home so mom can see me play. It doesn't happen very often. Right? If you look at a recruiting class, I bet, like, in terms of the national recruits, I bet 10% of those guys go to the school because they're like, yep, I'm just staying home. I want mom and dad to see me. So now I think that's totally going to change because of the pandemic because of uh, uh, name, image, and likeness. I, I think that's totally going to shift this thing. And, and guys are going to be staying in their footprint, especially major media markets like L.A. or Phoenix, uh, just because they can build their, in air quotes, brand there that they already have through high school, et cetera. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, it's 
solely the weather. I think guys want to get other experiences in their life. And think about it now, when I'm around these kids in camps, it's no longer, hey, I heard about you, I'm gonna take you down. It's, hey bro, hey, I've seen you at 10 camps already. What's happening? Oh, you're going to Ohio State from Seattle? Okay, yeah, let me take a visit there too. Like they're, they're, there's so much more friendly competitiveness than there was 10, 15 years ago where you want to go take a guy down and represent your footprint. Like that, that doesn't really exist anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but this is kind of what I've witnessed on the recruiting trail. With the situation with the no spring ball and who knows what's going to happen with training camps, I think we'll have some former season. Let's just go on the assumption that we will, even if it's just the conference only. In this conference, how much of an advantage do you think the teams that have established quarterbacks have or a disadvantage for the teams that need some more time to determine who their quarterback will be? Massive. Massive. I, I, I'm massive to be honest with you. Um, I think the guys that have defensive, uh, whether it's coordinators and or systems or veteran players, uh, they have an advantage. But I'll say this, every coach I've talked to and every team I've talked to over the course of this pandemic, specifically as of late, have talked about the focus of their players they've never seen anything like it. I talked to a coach the other day in the Pac-12 North, and he's like, man, it is crazy see how dialed our guys in. You know, it used to be everybody really wasn't focused for an off-season workout. You know, maybe you get 80% of the guys. Okay, here we go. Now, dudes are chomping at the bit to get behind the line. Not on the line, behind the line. <laughs> Excuse me, and do a sprint as, a, as like a simple example. <clears throat> so I, I just think that, um, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I don't think it's going to be as much because now every team is experiencing what only I think really four teams had this year in Paxo football, which was five teams, you could argue, was Oregon State. A, a, a really impressive opener, right? So I'm talking about, obviously, Oregon State was playing Oklahoma State. Guys are going to be focused for that. UW and Michigan, SC, Bama, you get where I'm going. That was only conference games. There's no room for error, and everybody knows it. So I, I just think while it's still an advantage, I think it's going to be mitigated a little bit because of the focus and attention detail. Everybody knows that, yes, you might get 26 practices in camp, but six of them might also get wiped out if somebody gets sick or a position group gets corona. So I think people, from what I'm told, are taking advantage of every single rep and every moment they have with the coaches during, you know, uh, now mandatory workouts. Yogi Roth joining us, Pac-12 Network analyst talking college football. Uh, we keep reading that Oregon is just loading up on four stars. I guess a couple of five stars maybe makes them. They're just loading up on these uh, prized recruits. Are they really pulling away from them? I mean, obviously they're the defending champs. Are they pulling away from the league here, or is this too much recruiting hype because we got nothing else going on? Pulling away from the league I think would be a stretch, um, but they are they are the – poster child for the league. You know, and again, I go back to earlier, like, the longer we don't play, right, let's just say, like, we played week one and we were going to project, right? Let's just say SC loses to Bama and Oregon beats Ohio State. Now we're talking about pulling away. You know, I think I think that stage, that moment, those opponents, that all of a sudden really changes the narrative in recruiting. Um, and I think you got to respect what Oregon's done on the field. I mean, they handle people. You know, you look at that tactical title game, I don't think we're going to win that game. 
I mean, they dominated both lines of scrimmage. And when I would talk to people who I didn't get a chance to go to spring practice, I think they got four of them in. And I was going to go about mid-spring. And they said uh, the competition level at practice was unlike they'd ever seen anything there. I'm talking about the Marcus here, Chip Kelly, and Kenyon Barner, all those, all the greats um, that, that we kind of grew up with over the last decade plus. They said they, they never practiced the way they had in four practices. And I believe that. I think Mario Cristobal has done a fabulous job of building a culture that is so hungry and relentless because that's him. That, yeah, they are the they're the bell cow of the conference. I don't think they're pulling away. I think that this conference is too much depth to kind of, you know, make it like it was, you know, Bama a couple of years ago in the SEC or SC was and I was there and we were just rolling through people. It won't be like that because, you know, UW has quietly recruited, you could argue, the last three years, the best collective D-line group coming out of high school. Right? They beat SEC schools on a lot of defensive front players. USC, I think this year their defense uh, should be the, the best in the South. And you could argue the conference because the way it's built down the middle. It was very similar to Utah over the last couple of years. You know, they are the most veteran-laden defense in the conference from just pure, pure staff and productivity. So I, I think they're they're rolling, and that brand is rolling, but I don't think it's uh, the boat race just yet. But look out, because I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. Do you have any insight, Yogi, as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback at Utah? I don't. You know, I read all the stuff you guys read, and um, I've talked to people, and you know, there's there's arguments both ways. I, I you know, Cam Rising should obviously know the system better and should have great mastery around it. I'd imagine he'd take the first snap with the one. Um, but then you add in, so kind of obviously the, the touch mark. Transfer was played a ton of football, like meaningful football. I mean, when you watch him on tape, Jake Bentley's really impressive in that regard. Um, I talked to his teammates uh, at South Carolina and they rave about him and all the natural qualities he had. This is a guy who left high school early, as, as I'm sure you guys have well documented extremely mature and hit adversity and I think when you add those two things man it's important you know I think one athlete can recognize that and of course back against the wall your last eligible year to play those play everything possible so I, I'd be so curious what the Cubs are like now um, uh, I'm sure they're getting after it and the state of Utah I'm so curious about from you guys like what I see on social media high school scrimmages I'm like what's happening like, I wish that happened in Southern California we're not even close anything like that happening for months, right, in high school football leagues. So uh, I don't know. I, I'd be curious, and I can't wait to get there. And I'm so curious to see who they play first and to see which guy they trot out for the first snap of potential 2020 season. Well, Yogi, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and give us a little bit of football fix here in uh, in late July. Hey, give me some football fix. So tell me about high school football. I saw the uh, – I'm going to mispronounce his name, Kingsley. I saw his scrimmage, and I was like, this is amazing. Are things in Utah okay in terms of corona and people playing? Right now, that is the plan. And, you know, they're, the schools are going back. There's a couple districts... There's a there's a couple districts that are looking at delaying. I think the Salt Lake City School District is looking at delaying until after Labor Day, uh, when when they'll open the schools. Uh, but most are planning either uh, in person instruction or in person with an online element for kids who have health situations and the parents want to opt out. So right now, I I think sports is going to go. But you know, it's 2020. I don't write anything in stone. 
Yeah. All right. Well, keep me posted, folks. Stay safe. There's Yogi Roth talking Pac-12 football. You know, it's really interesting. He really just shoots down the whole weather thing. You know, I think there's definitely truth to it because this is like, I don't know, what, three, four, five Arizona State coaches who haven't been able to keep guys in state. So, you know, one or two guys may just suck at their jobs, but then you start getting out to guy four, it seems like a trend and there's something to it. And I will say this. You know, that it's a factor, I think, is not debatable. The question is, is it 5% of the equation? Is it 25% of the equation? Is it 50% of the equation? You know, how big a factor is it? And it probably varies for every guy. I, I would like to see one more thing. I'd like to see if Arizona State could ever really get on a roll, you know, like the Utes have been on, where they have five seasons out of six, our nine wins are better. And ASU hasn't had that kind of role. If ASU gets it going like that, are they still not getting local guys? Because, you know, if, if they have back-to-back 10-win seasons, do guys want to stay home? And if there are nine wins or better five years out of six, do guys want to stay home? If they're on that kind of streak, does that change? If in-state guys are still bolting at that point, you got to say that they just don't want any part of 116 degrees anymore and they're out of there. And I think Yogi he kind of blew through this, but he's spot on about this. The name image likeness is coming. I thought it was already going to be here. This is a crazy year, but it ought to be here for next year. And once you're allowed to make money off your name, image, and likeness, well, the high-end high school recruits get so much hype that I think they'll be able to make more money staying closer to home. Now, maybe you'll make more money as some of the big programs, right? So you'll take off for you know, three to five programs nationally. Because those programs will make sure that everybody's linked to a car dealership or a shoe company or who knows what. But largely, I think guys will want to stay home. Because as a local guy, you will have made more of a name. We'll have to see how that plays out. Unintended consequences. There are sure to be some from that name, image, and likeness rule. And it does seem like it's coming. Players have not been allowed to make money off that, but it's, it's not going to be long now, I wouldn't think. All right, when we come back to the bubble in Orlando, and Aaron Falk, we'll talk with him about life in the bubble and the Utah Jazz and the restart. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, time to talk jazz basketball with Aaron Falk from UtahJazz.com. He's on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. The bubble. Have you got your routine down? Is that no longer a story? Can you just move on to the basketball now? you got basketball going on, and that's enough to get you through the day. All's good or no? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the routine settles in sort of like a a normal road trip after a while. I mean, it's it's busy, but you have sort of uh, a set, you know, every morning here's here's breakfast, here's testing, here's practice, um, you know, dinner and 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 a workout or somewhere in there and then you're you are in your game day routine of shoot arounds or walkthroughs, um, you know, buses to the arena 
the, the hustle and bustle of the game and, and then all of the uh, activity you have to do, you know, post-game to, to write and, and get everything done. So, yeah, I think everybody's sort of sort of finding a groove right now. And now the games um, are going to matter this week. Like, it's you, you kind of feel a, a change. So the Jazz didn't hire you to be a beat guy, per se, in the way we know who those of us and you and I have worked at newspapers, as we define and DJ knows it for sure, and most of our listeners, for that matter, understand what the term beat writer is, right? And that wasn't, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that wasn't the point of bringing you on to be a beat writer for the team. But how has that job changed for you as far as what you're able to do down there? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's it's just it's very different. Yeah, my my job is you know in terms of writing features and and other things um, for UtahJazz.com. Um, but yeah, down down here it's sort of a, a one man band in terms of um, content production. I'm you know running cameras. I'm uh, trying to you know get all get all these photographs in videos in for for everybody that we can share on our social channels etc um and you know you get some um kind of in, interesting you know behind the scenes looks at what guys are doing and and how they are um you know spending their time and coping and, and their personalities that you know you see you see on the road or you see you know with in, in the interactions you have um at home but certainly it's uh it's, it's definitely a a more personal thing here just because everybody knows they're all in a in in it together and in this sort of weird situation together so looking at the shots we see of uh guys celebrating on the the sideline right tony bradley made a three and donovan mitchell went nuts and the cameras caught it and Mm -hmm. the the whole bench went crazy when the jazz got i think it was justin wright foreman scored with 10 or 15 seconds or something left to kind of ice the game so they were going to win and the whole place went nuts. And then in the post game, the little glimpse we get, Rudy's sitting there, and by the way, you got to tell somebody, man, the audio was brutal. There was way too much background noise. You could barely hear Rudy. What we heard, though, was some of his jazz teammates, apparently Joe Ingles leading the way, coming in and just going nuts and screaming and hollering and laughing their heads off and, and mugging for the cameras. Are guys in that good a mood all the time? You're behind them, behind, you're around them behind the scenes a little bit. Is the mood that that a beat because the little glimpses we see looks way upbeat. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think it's it's like anything in life. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be mornings when when you wake up and and you look back out at the uh, at the man made lake here and you go, wow, this is you know we're we're still stuck here for another day or whatever. But um, on the whole, I mean, these guys are are excited to be back together, back playing. Um, playing well in, in these scrimmages so far. And uh, and then I guess the, the other thing is, like, I think they they know that it's on them, it's on, it's on the bench, it's on whoever to manufacture this energy that you might get from, from a crowd or just, just sort of that, that normal hype you have going into a playoff game. And these guys are competitive, sure, and they're going to want to win, even if it's um, dead silent in there. But they know that that they're the ones creating that energy right now. So 
The reason why I asked about what I did as far as your role, because the rest of us are just getting these Zoom deals, and I don't know if you're getting any one-on-ones and how that works, because I'm really intrigued to see if you found out any information. Do you think Donovan has raised his level of awareness as far as finding Rudy, and we understand the spat, but from here, watching on television without having any background, it looks like... Donovan is making a conscious effort to pass the ball to Rudy Moore. Yeah, I think um, you know, in terms of of the one on ones, there there really aren't all that many. It's um, still kind of the the standard thing that you'd be used to. There are some ESPN one on ones, some you know, kind of high profile uh, network one on ones that, that occur. But the the setup is still you know masked six feet people are trying to keep distance there there's media in um in the bubble and they are sometimes live you know sitting next to the uh the zoom setup so they're they're talking to these guys but um to to the other question yeah i I think i think certainly both of these guys have have acknowledged that that there were some tensions there and um you know maybe even before their their diagnoses and um, you know, to, to read Rudy's reaction in, in the ESPN piece that came out just before we got to Orlando, um, really self-aware, I thought, really, uh, you know, honest and, and um, you know, admitting some, some wrongdoing and, and showing a lot of maturity. And I think Donovan doing the exact same thing on the court. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's beneficial to both of them, to their games on the court and to what they want to accomplish. And, Sometimes, yeah, you you have to uh, maybe put in a little extra effort, and you see that it's actually paying off. Seems like whatever extra effort Mike Conley put in during the uh, four month shutdown is paying off because he seems to have picked up right where he left off, and he left off playing his best basketball over the, the last twelve to thirteen games. He looked really comfortable shooting it early in the game. Yeah, I, I I think so, and I think you know maybe that's honestly one of the advantages of of Mike's one of the few guys as much as much money as, as these guys have and, and you know as well off as they are are very few of them have gyms in their homes or were even in their homes during the, these you know this four month hiatus um, Mike is fortunate enough to to have one of those and to have equipment and, and he was you know, working out every day in, in a situ- in an environment that was unlike a lot of other people. I mean, you talk about like Joe Ingles. I'm sure he's mentioned it on on his show on the station. But you know, it wasn't until he got a uh, a hoop set up in the backyard that he was shooting basketball again. You know, so it was, it was some time. With that in mind, here as we look at this team going forward. I'm wondering if you feel a sense of being around these guys, been able to feel a sense of we get that most folks are counting us out because Bogdanovich isn't going to be here. So have you been able to sense a little bit of uh, we're looking to show you just how good we are even without one of our better players? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, the other Mike Conley factor is that Mike Conley has been very good for a very long time. And so, you know, I think he's he was finding his role in, before before the shutdown, and, and he came into this saying, I know exactly what my role is now. Um, and, you know, Jordan Clarkson is happy to have the ball in his hands a, l- a little more, and Donovan is is already at a at a high level coming back into this. So um, they've, they've all said, you know, 
I think even publicly that yeah they've, they've got a little bit of a of an underdog mentality that that people are counting them out. You see. ESPN power rankings already, where the Dallas Mavericks are are ahead of the Utah Jazz and uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, I think these guys have something that they want to prove. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, SI power rankings right now, and it, it really isn't any different. The Jazz have been dropped to the seventh best team in the West, the twelfth best team in the league. It seems like that Bogdanovich loss that it's uh, it's easy to drop them after that because there wasn't that much separation between three through six and maybe even the Mavericks at seven before. So with Bogdanovich, it just seems like it's an automatic now. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not to discount what, what Boyan does, he's he's an incredible player, and and uh, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss 20 points a night from from a guy like that, of course. But you know, there is there is a, still a wealth of talent, particularly in in the top um, six on the team, and and then you know the other factor I would count in any playoffs. Uh, series is, is just the preparation and the game planning of Quinn Snyder um, is an advantage over uh, many, if not nearly every single coach in the league. So I'm going to have two remaining penetrating and probing questions. And the first one is, do you know why Conley decided to get a haircut? <laughs> uh, I believe he said, and you know, this is going to be a letdown, it was just too damn hot. Um, so, you know, a very practical decision, which we, I think we've all had to make over the last four months, a lot more practical decisions. All right, well, that leads to the obvious question. How hot is it? I mean, we hear about Florida heat and humidity in the summer, but I haven't spent much time in Florida. How bad is it? It is um, It's tough. I mean, I you know, Good, good on all these people, but you. Uh, I, I think once you enter Florida, you start sweating, and you are not allowed to stop sweating until you leave. I mean, it's it's uh, the air is thick. Um, it is always ninety degrees. I think it doesn't matter if it's two a.m., four a.m., four p.m. Whether it's raining, whether the sun's out, it is ninety degrees, ninety percent humidity. Uh, it's tough, but you know. And then you, you go inside, and you're you're in. I don't know. I, I just I just feel wet all of the time. <laughs> yeah, I think that you could say that all along the whole east, though. I mean, Florida's a little bit warmer. I'll grant you that. I've been there in the summer, but I grew up in New Jersey, and and it's just it's it's nothing like we have here. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the, the I, I miss the desert, guys. Yeah, the stickiness is just off the charts, and until you experience it day in and day out, it's it's hard to hard to relate to because we just don't have it out out here and there's a lot of a lot of good things going on with the weather compared to there now my second penetrating and probing question is and i'm hoping that you'll provide the correct answer at least the correct answer that i want to hear is that we've seen these coaches under these circumstances not wear these fancy suits which i've always been boggled by and i want them to continue to wear what they're wearing during the games can you provide us with that answer um, for for the remainder of, of the time here, I think you're gonna you're going to see uh, you know the the polo and Lululemon pants combination from from the Jazz staff. I think this is a decision that this is going to be you know it feels a little different, um, and I don't know that you're gonna we're gonna break out the uh, the five thousand dollars suits anytime soon. Hallelujah! It's a basketball game, man. That's what I always thought they should be wearing. 
I know. I mean, you know, the other the other alternative is we go full baseball, and, and you know, we're all in uh, in jerseys, no. in in shorts. Nope. 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 What's what's the age cutoff for for an adult man to wear a, a basketball jersey with with no t shirt underneath? Also, I don't know, but I think five pa- Popovich is over it. <laughs> Pop in a tank top. Nope. 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 Not happening. All right. Well, with those hard-hitting questions, we're clearly exhausted now, Aaron. Is there is there stuff you know down there that we don't even know to ask? Because I, I got to say, when you're this far away, it feels weird. You you said earlier it was like a road trip, but this is the longest road trip ever. This makes San Antonio's rodeo road trip pale in comparison. Yeah. No. I I, I think you know. There's there's so much that's that's shared online, even you know whether it's through, you know, media channels, Utah Jazz channels, or the players' channels. That, that you guys have a pretty good sense of of what's going on around here. Um, it's it's strange. People are 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 figuring out as as we go along, and and um, you know I the, the closest thing I've can liken it to for me is I've covered um, one winter Olympics and that was three weeks and I was thinking you know today's three weeks here and I was thinking back to uh, that experience in in Korea and about this time I felt pretty pretty loopy but I think everyone knows that we're here for for so long that you kind of you set the uh, the goalpost far enough out that you're like you know you're, you're not you haven't let yourself kind of go crazy yet Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. If I'm driving to St. George, I have a different mindset than if I'm driving to California. And you yeah, just prepare yourself absolutely. more. Yeah, you prepare yourself more mentally. What are the rules now? We've heard some stuff as going forward as far as uh, the longer you're there, uh, you have an opportunity to invite a few folks in. How does that all work? Yeah, that that won't be as far as I understand it. Um, that won't be until the the second round of the playoffs. Um, okay. So I mean, just just given the nature of of how long you know the NBA Finals will be in mid October when when that wraps up. So um, you advance to the second round. There is a chance, although you know those your your family members or whoever it may be have to um, enter a, a period of of quarantine um, before leaving for Orlando and, and once once they've arrived here um, you know some some other things are, are changing around here just just this week um, so there are three different hotels that the uh, the teams were were staying at and they still are but just this week it's opened up so there is some back and forth between um, the the hotels themselves so you can see you know maybe like the Portland Trailblazers can can be at this pool and you know there's there's some things opening up um and you know guys are able to to see other friends and on different teams etc but uh but yeah you know everybody's here for the long haul and um yeah family members wouldn't wouldn't come until basically that's almost um september i believe and for all the people who think you're at disney this place is so big. Can you even see like where the rides are and all that? Can you hear any of that, or you're just you're miles away when, from that? When you're when you are um, on a bus toward toward some of the arenas at the uh, Wide World of Sports Complex, um, you you might see like some ride infrastructure in, in the distance. But like this this is far enough away. You know, all all we see here is is this man-made lake in the middle. Some and then hotels. I mean, it's, it's you, you know, I, I've not seen the mouse yet once. <laughs> the mouse. 
<laughs> I'm wondering, Aaron, if uh, there had been any um, arising some form of more discussion. I don't know what it might have taken on with the baseball situation with Miami as we saw that they had to cancel games because uh, a number of players became uh, got tested and became po- were positive. Have you heard anything that as it might relate to the basketball situation? No, no changes. Just you know, just the general conversations. Um, just sort of a a you know if you feel both bad for major league baseball and then also grateful for the the um steps that were taken to to do this um you know i there will be time going forward and i'm sure those those conversations are well in advance of, of what next season looks like um and if if you know how how much it has to be uh, a bubble versus some sort of I don't know what what the options may be, but um, right now everyone just kind of uh, happy to be in a bubble environment. You saw it with with um, the women's soccer league, with what Major League Soccer is also doing here, and and the NBA um, just just drastically different success successes versus what the other leagues have done so far, and what baseball has been able to do so far, and just just the nature of the bubble versus not a bubble right now. Is there a conversation about don't be Lou Williams, don't be that guy? That's incredibly embarrassing, number one. Feels like you let down the team, number two, and gets the coach mad. And then number three, just the humiliation and you don't want to be the laugh track. Yeah, I mean, I, I there are definitely, you know, um, conversations ongoing and guys don't want to go back to to their rooms for or wherever they may be for a 10-day quarantine get stuck there again um and then i I think you know a reality of the situation is that this team was front and center for the very beginning of of covid in covid's intersection with with professional sports um they know that it's serious and and you know they're going to take things seriously like this there's no you know yeah it's just it's just a general tone and understanding of, of what this all means after that night in Oklahoma City, nobody wants anything like that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you, if you see that firsthand, and, and you you know, it's it's touched your your friends and in, in your life that way. Like you you are aware, you're hyper aware. Yeah. Well, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for making time in your day and uh, commence uh, walking around and sweating. <laughs> I, I've been sweating since this interview started. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Take care. There's Aaron Falk from the bubble in Orlando. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.